we are going to another level today. This is week three of a series that we are calling Planted, Not Buried. Has anybody been helped by this series so far? Anybody? Okay. So so there is a lot of people that are, are really getting, um, really transformed is the word I want to use by understanding that under doesn't mean over. That if, if God plants you in a place, if you're in seed form, um, many times because we're uncomfortable, it's dark, it's hard, it's frustrating, uh, we think that maybe God's not here. <laughs> like maybe this is the time where I need to uproot and do something else. Has anybody ever felt like maybe I need to do something else? Come on, like, like, but many times it's not that we need to do something else. It's that we need to grow roots where we are and be able to become who God's created us to be. And I know this is not a popular message in church because everybody wants their breakthrough in 60 seconds. And everybody wants to go to the next level in their career, in their relationship, and all those things right now. But I've started to study. God is not rushed. Like, like we can have a timetable, but whatever he wants to happen is going to happen in the end. And so what ends up happening is a lot of us are so tired and worn out because we're trying to speed up a process that already had a set time. And so what I wanted to encourage everybody is that if you are under pressure, undervalued, you're underqualified, this is how you feel. You may be underdeveloped. You may, may be under attack in an area of your life. If you're under, it does not mean it's over. And somebody's faith needs to be encouraged because the place that God has you planted is the place the enemy has convinced you you should die in. Because a burial and a planting look very similar. It's dark. It's lonely. It has a lot of pressure on me. And so a lot of people are like, well, I guess this is it. I guess God doesn't have a plan for me. I guess I spent all this money coming to this college and it was never going to work out anyway. I guess I put all my, my chips into that relationship and it wasn't going to work out anyway. I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess. And we keep guessing when God is saying, you don't have to guess when you're with me. I have a plan. Everybody say your plan. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he tells us he has a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. But will we be willing to stay in the same place to see that plan come to pass? And most of us are so ready for our next that we negate our now. Oh, that was good. We're so ready for our next that we negate now. And after you get through now and you go to your next, you get discontent with that. Like, I remember when I was making $8 an hour, and it was just enough. And then, like, when I got the promotion, I was making $12 an hour, and it was just enough. And the promotion kept going, but it always left me feeling like I only had barely enough. It's because the money could change. The, 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 the promotions could change. The levels can change, but if I don't change... You can make millions of dollars and it still just be just enough. And, and God is saying, would you allow me to plant you somewhere long enough that you could blossom into who I've created you to be? And that's coming from Psalms chapter one, verse three, which is our anchor scripture. And I want everybody to look at it. This is what God wants our relationship as we mature to look like with him. Every person in here. It says they're like trees planted. Everybody shot at me planted along the riverbanks. Watch this. They're bearing fruit in each season. 
Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. Somebody sign me up. Like that's what I want my life, my family to look like. But you can never become a tree if you don't stay planted. Look at this picture real quick. And I want you to understand this because many of us cannot identify where we are. I know everybody wants to be at the end. Oh, I'm blooming. Lord, look at me. So fruitful. No. Most of us, God's still working under the surface. And I want to show you this picture because a lot of us, if we're in these first four categories, think it's nothing. But do you see how much God's doing under? Do you see, do you see how much God's doing under the surface, building our character, building our life, building our stuff before anybody will understand he's doing a lot under. And until we recognize this as a church, we despise the season that God is using to make us. We we negate that. and, And then we start not trusting and going back and being frustrated and allowing distractions in and try to try to uproot ourselves so we can be seen. But you ain't nothing but a little seed. We can't even eat from you yet. We can't even receive from you. Will you stay planted? Everybody shot at me planted. Like, like when you stay planted, then God can do something in your life that one day people will eat from. And, And so my encouragement to you today is to be able, no matter what comes to stay in the place that God can build you, that God can raise you up. Not you raise you up, not you network, not you, that God can make your name great, that God can give you the connections, the ideas, the restoration that you need. And so today, as we move forward in this, because I know there's a lot of people in here that you feel under. You feel underground, like nobody values you, like you're not noticed. You feel unqualified, underpaid. There's all this stuff. I'm going to start over the next few weeks talking about what to do when you're under. Because I think that a lot of us don't know what to do when attacks come. We don't know what to do when issues aren't going the right way for us. And and today, um, I want to talk about what to do when we're under fire. Because a lot of us are under fire and, and, and we don't even realize it. Like there are attacks, there are shots being fired for our destiny, for our purpose. A lot of us are under criticism and scrutiny by ourselves, by family members, by people that we are trying to, to impress, by society, by culture. And, and most of us don't know what to do when we're under fire. And today I want to give us some practical keys of what we can do when we're under fire. Because honestly, most of us have one reaction. Like, like, just think about it in the natural. Like if somebody started shooting somewhere, nobody's trying to figure out where it's coming from. Like, like if somebody's under fire, everybody is ducking, running, hiding. Like that's what we know to do. But I've started to realize in the word that many times When God places men and women of God under fire, he asks them to stand and let him protect them. And now this is this is one of those for me that's frustrating because if I'm not in control, I don't know how to do it. And I don't know if I'm the only one, but I like to be in control of my environment. Anybody else like to be in control? Look, you won't even let nobody touch the radio in your car. You you want to be in control of everything. And that's what living this Christian life is. It's relinquishing control and being dependent on God. And so many times when we come under fire, when, when things are coming our way, when criticism is coming our way, when opposition is coming our way, when something is coming against our life. 
we run, we duck, we hide. God, I know you can provide, but I don't see you. So I'm going to hide behind my insecurity. God, God, I know you said you'd use me, but I'm going to go ahead and run to a relationship that makes me feel secure for a minute. Oh, come on. And, and maybe God wants us to learn how to stand, how to stay planted, how to just say, you know what? No matter what comes, no matter the opposition, no matter what's trying to take me out, God is my defender. He is my protector. He is for me. I'm not moving. And, and so I just need us to see that how God wants us to stand is he wants us to be planted and under fire. That's the title of today's message, planted and under fire. And I want to look at three guys who, who were literally planted firm in their faith, had a word from God, knew what God had called them to, but they came under fire, literally. And some of you know this story in Daniel chapter three. And I want you to look at it in a brand new way today to see if God can show you some things that, that when your marriage is under fire, because some of your marriages are under fire right now. So some of your families are under fire. Some of your plans are under fire. Some people's finances are under fire right now. Some people's emotions are under fire. It seems like the enemy just attacks your emotions day after day after day. No stability, no trust. You, you're, you, everything is under fire. Your health is under fire. Your career is under fire. Even this one, your self-esteem is under fire. You used to be so confident in who God made you to be, but things in life have just come to hit you. And now you, you'll be swayed by anything that looks better than what you're in right now. But today, I want us to learn how to be planted and under fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and a big Negro. That, that's... <laughs> White people, you can laugh. I said it, okay? It's okay. Everybody. But, but that's what I call him. It's a bendigo, but in, in my mind, he's a big Negro. And um, what ended up happening is these young men were, were in a time period where the king, Nebuchadnezzar, had, had made a golden statue nine feet tall. And they, they made a decree. Anytime the, the horns or the lyres or the trumpets sound, Everybody needs to bow and worship this idol. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had already seen God work in their life at such a level that they said, no matter what culture does, no matter what all my peers do, no matter what's happening in the companies nationwide, no matter what's happening in other people's family, we're not going to bow. And it was so cool when I started reading this story in Daniel. And you can read the whole chapter because I got to paraphrase some of it so that we can get through it in the time. But it was so cool that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were a belong group. They were a community. Like they had been through stuff together and done life together. And I just want to stop and thank everybody who's getting, who's been a part or joined a small group. We had over 650 of you join belong groups in the past two weeks. So you can give it up. This is my challenge is for everybody who has not found community, godly community, not people you just hang with and turn out with, not those people. But I'm talking about people that will push you into your destiny. You need that because these dudes were able to defy the entire nation because they had a 
a deep rooted relationship with God, instructions from him, and they would not bow. And the crazy thing about this story, as we read it, and we're going to pick this story up in verse 14, there was some snitches. And, and these snitches, they saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not bowing. And they said, King, there are some people that won't bow. And I know that's how they sound to me. And I know that you said that when they bow, if they didn't, they would be thrown into the furnace. Get them. And, um, and so the king calls for them. Look what happens in this scenario. Verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I set up? I will give you, I'm a reasonable guy, so I will give you one more chance. It's funny. The areas in our life that we're trying to take a stand against, the enemy always gives us one more chance to bow. I just want you to think, like, if you're trying to live an honest life, he gives you another chance to lie. If you're trying to live in purity, well, how convenient, after you get baptized, does the thirsty thought that used to, ne- oh, excuse me, um, is the person who used to really like you show up and start working at your job? Like, we ain't never been around each other ever, and now you want to show up here? It's because the enemy will always give you another opportunity to bow. And so many of us, we, we, we're taking the opportunities to come off of what God has said. Some of you, he's given you an instruction to serve somewhere. Others of you, he told you to write a book. Or others of you, and, and, and so now he told you to write a book, take a less paying job. But now a, a higher paying job is offered. And you're like, God, I did write on my dream board that I did want to live in a penthouse. And God said, will you obey me even if it means that you don't have what you want right now? But there will always be an opportunity to bow. And the king presents another opportunity to these three guys. He said, I'm going to give you another chance to bow and worship the statue I have made. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God? He tried to get kind of prideful. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? It's just funny. Because these three young men took a stand for something that God had placed on their heart. That they, that, that they weren't going to bow. And what they did is, is the first thing you're going to have to do and I'm going to have to do um, when we're planted under fire. We have to abandon our bow. L- like many of you have a bow on reserve. Let me, let me help you. Um, if you're trying to live a life of integrity... There will always be a situation that will be more convenient than living integrous that you can bow and be like everybody else. Like like when you're trying to not have sex before you're married, there will always be a situation that you can do what culture says. You can do what everybody, even all your friends and family have done and you can bow. But what God is challenging all of us to do when we are under fire is to take a stand. 
And see, I want you to realize what they did is they everybody was already standing. But then there came a sound, a time, a place where everybody said, well, everybody else is bowing. Let's bow. And instead of bowing, they stood still. And my question to you is, what are you standing for? And what are you standing on? See, because so many of the church are weak backed. As soon as somebody says something about us or as soon as somebody says, well, it's, that's too much. That's religious. No, 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 no. This is the word of God. And God has done something in me that is making me take a flat footed stand against everything everybody else is doing. And I'm going to stand still and I won't bow. And see, this is the crazy thing about it. Most of us want to act like that, but we weak. Because as no, I'm going to be very, very, very clear, because if somebody starts praying in a public place, you're a believer and you start acting like, oh, my God. No, oh, I've seen it. I've seen the same people up here shouting and dancing in the rain. It's the same people who, when God asked them to go talk to that boss and invite them to church, you automatically get sick. You, you, you can't when God asks you to start getting up in the morning and praying in your office place. Come, come 10 minutes early and just walk around and not, yeah, no, 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 not that. Don't get thrown out of your job. But just walk around, touch every desk, take a stand and start creating kingdom borders and parameters for what's going to like, and we won't take a stand. God tells us to go bless a single mother or bless somebody. We won't take a stand. And I started to ask, I said, God, why is that? Why, why won't we take? And he said, because they haven't abandoned their bow. They're, they're leaving a bow on reserve because it may come a time where they're going to have to do like everybody else instead of trusting me. It may be a time when I told them to stand firm that they can't stand and they're going to do what everybody else does and, and, and bow. And all I'm saying to you today is that if you're under fire, if things are coming at you and you don't understand why, today it's time for you to get confident and take a stand. You know what? Everybody else is beginning to do this and do that, but I'm going to trust in the word of God and I'm going to take a stand. Other people aren't coming to church and other people are having multiple relationships outside of marriage. I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to live for purity. Some of you need to take a stand for your family. Some of you need to take a stand that you're not going to be impoverished the rest of your life. That you're going to land stewardship and you're going to honor God. Somebody needs to take a stand. Somebody say, I'm going to take a stand. You can't take a stand, but still have your bow. So I think we need to do like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and just make a decision. I'm not going to bow. Can I be very transparent today? <laughs> oh, God. This week, I had an opportunity to bow. In my past life, before Christ, I, if I saw something that I wanted and I felt like I couldn't get in trouble for taking it, I steal it. Just boop. Yup. God bless you. <laughs> How are you? And that was something that I crucified. And I want to be real in here. I, I crucified that. I put that on the cross. I haven't thought about stealing in years. 
Well, we're doing some work on our house right now. And just crazy, out of the blue, like random stuff started happening. And we lost the four, they call them burner plates. I don't know if you've ever seen it on a stove. It's the little black things that, that sit over it and the fire comes around it and all that. For some reason, we lost our burner plates. I was like, okay, we can go. We haven't been able to eat or cook no eggs this week or do anything because the burner plates was gone and they, we couldn't do it. I was like, I'm going to go to Home Depot and get some burner plates. They don't got burner plates at Home Depot. They don't got burner plates at Lowe's. I go to an appliance store. They don't have a burner plates there. I went to another appliance store. There were $298 for four burner plates. I said, we not eating. Not happening. Nobody's eating in this house all week. And we did. But all I'm telling you, I was like, I'm not paying $298 for these little pieces. So I, I was frustrated. And so I went into another appliance store and I saw our exact stove sitting on display. Can I be real? I went over to I went over to the stove. Some of my accomplices, we used to steal. You already know. Oh, Lord Jesus, the Lord is trying to help us in here today. Oh, Lord, help us come closer to the cross. I have never paid attention to burner plates. Ever. I'm looking at the stainless steel. I'm looking at the mechanism, the electronic. The only thing I saw on that stove. I walked over to it. I'm not going to lie. I touched them. I picked one up. Oh, my God. Look how accessible. Look how, look how easy, Lord, it will be. And you ain't never heard nobody call nobody and they go to jail for burner plates. I can see it now, Pastor, in jail. And at that moment where I was about to take them, y'all, the Holy Spirit said on the inside of me, he said, is this worth the blessing? Like, 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 is you bowing? Is you doing this right now worth what I'm doing at Transformation Church? Is it now, now you can take them, but is it worth what I'm doing in your marriage? If you bow right now it, and, and there's somebody undoubtedly that has stolen burner plates before. But God was saying, Michael, I need you to take a stand. You said you would be a man of integrity. If it costs $4 or $400, it don't matter. I'll give you the money. I'll supply every one of your needs. But will you bow or will you stand? And I'm coming to challenge every person under the sound of my voice. When you get under attack, it is not time to bow. You need to abandon your bow. And say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If, if everybody else leaves God, if everybody else starts selling this, if everybody else starts doing this, we will stand firm and we won't bow. Somebody say, I won't bow. You ain't even say it like you mean it. Somebody say, I won't bow. And the crazy thing about it is you only bow to things that are idols. See, they were bowing to something that had been constructed and created. And you're saying, well, I ain't bowing to no golden statue. No, 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 no. But you may be bowing to another idol that you've put in your life, like money. You're bow you'll bow when the price is right. Ah. Oh, yeah, I'm coming for you today. You, you, or maybe somebody else's is success. Like, if you think this will help you be successful, 
You'll give up your integrity. You'll give up your relationship with God. You'll give up people who have stood with you in the good time and bad. You'll let them all go if you think this bound. Some of us have made other things idols. Some of us have made our children idols. Some of us have made our families. All I'm saying, somebody's like, what's an idol, Pastor Mike? On our heart, there's a throne. And somebody sits on the throne of your heart. If money sits there, if fame sits there, if people's opinion sits there, that'll be the thing that you worship. An idol can't be an idol unless it's worshiped. And many of us are bowing to things that are not God. We're bowing to things that do not bring us to the place that God has called us to be. And all I'm challenging you to do, and I know I'm spending a minute on this point because so many believers have have kept their bows so close that you're just waiting on an opportunity. And if the right person calls and tell you it'll never be seen, it'll never be um, nobody will ever know you would just bow in a second. But God's saying, I want somebody that will have integrity, not somebody that just does it when everybody else can see. Nobody would have seen me steal those burner plates. But it would affect it everything that everybody does see. All I'm telling you, it's a time for us, our private prayers to become public stances. Because if you don't stand for what you really believe in God for, when people don't like it, our bow is real close. And if you're going to stand when you're under fire. You have to abandon your bow. And I know you've been dodging difficulty. And I know it seems seems like you've just been assaulted by adversity. And you are just trying to survive the struggle. But I'm telling you that what God has for you is worth you letting him do it and you not trying to make it happen yourself. So I know you're under fire. I know there's pressure coming. I know that you're trying to, I'm 35 and I'm not married and I don't have my degree and I don't know what's going to happen. God's going to work it out. He's going to stand with you. He's going to be your vindicator, but you cannot bow. And that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. He said, I will give you a chance to bow. Who's going to rescue you? And this is the crazy thing about it. These dudes were so gangster that, that they, did, they did one of the dopest things in the world. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 58. I want you to understand this because somebody really needs to stand firm. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sister, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor, your standing, your doing what nobody else is doing is not in vain. I wanted to encourage you that when you stand, even when you're under fire, it's not in God sees it. He stands with you. He's applauding it and he's going to use it to be a testimony to so many other people. But don't come un- uprooted. Don't pull out. Don't don't not stay planted because of what you are feeling and you're experiencing now. Now, listen, the king of the entire country is singling out these three dudes. He brings them in and look what they say. If you're under attack, I want you to do point number two. I want you to talk trash to the enemy. Like anybody who's ever been real good at sports, you know, a fundamental part of all sports is trash talking. And, 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 and the crazy thing about it is when you're not that good on the team, if you have somebody good on the team, you can talk trash that you can't even back up. Like, no, 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 seriously. Like, if Michael Jordan's on your team, you don't got to be good. 
you can be like, ah, look at y'all scrubs. <laughs> You're not even going to play but two minutes in the game. But I can talk because of who's on my side. It seems like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew who was on their side because they stood in the face of the king, in the face of adversity, in the face of being buried. Look what they say. I love them. Look at verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebby. <laughs> this boy crazy. He told us we got to bow or we're going to get burned. We do not need to defend ourselves before you. What? How often do you look at your opposition and say, I don't even need to play defense? Huh. I, I'm so... You don't, I don't even have to defend myself because you never have to defend something that's already defended. Ah. When God is your defender, when he goes before you, as he's fighting for you, you don't have to try to convince everybody, I'm a really good guy and you should like me and you shouldn't forget all that. I don't got to defend myself to you. You'll see it when it's over. You'll, you'll be, oh, come on. You'll be able to understand that God was doing a work and the enemy tries to get us in the details. Of trying to make everybody understand our entire process. And they'll never understand it until it's finished. And so many of us need to stop trying to prove what God is saying is true and just stand. He told me I would speak to the nations. I got three people in front of me. Do y'all know when we started this church, it was less than 350 people that were coming. And God told me that we were supposed to build a multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-applying and multi-campus church. We were none of those things. And people left. They left. Guess what I did? I stood. I wasn't going about. They told me white people wouldn't come to North Tulsa. They told me that... I'm, I, Y'all here? I saw, I, they, told, they told me all kinds of stuff. And I had the option. Never mind. We'll just be that rowdy black church. No, no, no. That's easy to do. If I didn't feel that God had given me something to stand on. My question is, what has God given you to stand on? What are you standing for? What are you standing on? Because it does not matter who or what comes and what they say. If you have a stand, then God says, abandon your bow and talk trash to the enemy. And I love this because they begin to talk trash and look what they were saying. They may have been scared. They, they may have been fearful. I mean, their lives were on the line. This wasn't like bow or go home. This was bow or die. Okay. But they never confirmed with their mouth their fear. They only confirmed their faith. It's not to say the fear wasn't there. They just didn't confirm it with their mouth. Because I think they understood that life and death was in the power of the... Do you understand that some of y'all go around talking about, I'll just be broke for the next year. What? You, you go around saying, I guess God's plan for me is to be single. You might be single, but you better keep your mouth shut except agreeing with what God says and the faith that you want to see. And so many of us cloak keeping it real and we speak the curse that we don't want to see into existence. Uh, I'm just telling it how it is. You're telling it how you want it to be. And so what we have to do is allow our faith to agree with what's coming out of our mouth. 
And so then they get even more gangster with it. Verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. And I can just see um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Abednego sitting there, and one of them says it, and the other one's like, oh, like, like you know when somebody's like, okay, anyway, y'all, some of y'all been there. But, but this, is what, this is what I want you to see. Look at it. When you're planted and under fire, you focus on God's ability, not your capability. See, they weren't saying, if, if, if this happens, we're going to get ourselves out of it. They wasn't that stupid. Because they knew they didn't have the ability, but they were putting all the trust and they were putting all of the, the, the weight back on God. If we do get thrown in the furnace, the God that we serve, that means there's a relationship there. He's mighty to save us. Look at Zephaniah 317 for the Lord, our God is living among you and he is mighty to save a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness, with love. He will calm all your fears. Somebody needs to hear this because you're so scared of what may happen and the opposition that's coming. And God's saying, don't worry about that. I will save you. I will stand with you. I will calm all your fears. I just need you to stand. And I need you to get that bow out of your life. I need you to stop conforming. I need you to talk trash in faith to the enemy. And I need you to focus on me. Focus on my abilities. Don't focus on your deficiencies and you not being qualified. He said, I am working best in your weakness. My strength is made perfect when you are deficient and we have to believe that or we bow and this is what they said no 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 no. we're going to focus on God's capabilities and, and and their saving was connected to their serving who they served was the one who they saved I'm not telling you who to serve but I serve God because I know that he has the power to save me my question is whatever you're serving serving money sex Lust, people, whoever's on the throne of your heart, you better believe they need to have the power to save you. Because if not, when, when the fire comes, when you're under fire, when you're under attack, when you're at the last bit of your finances, when your family is, is not all cohesive, they're nowhere to be found. Money can't save you when you're depressed. It only can medicate you, but it can't save you. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? But, but we have to be and put our trust and stand on something that's solid. And now, gangster scripture alert. Woo, 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 woo. The, probably the most gangster scripture in the Bible. Daniel 3, 18. He said, he will rescue us from your power. He said, but even if he doesn't. I mean, that's something that you got to walk away on. Like, like their faith in God under fire, under pressure, under attack was so steadfast that they said God has the ability to save us. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to serve him. Even if he doesn't, I'm going to still love him. Even if he doesn't. And so many of us were ready to bow for convenience. We're ready to uproot because it's uncomfortable. And God's giving us a picture through Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that I need some people who will stand, who 
who will speak in faith to their enemies, whether the, some of your marriages are under fire right now, you need to stand and declare our marriage will succeed. Our marriage will be healthy. Our marriage will be able to be a testimony, even though we're sleeping in separate houses right now. I'm going to talk. Devil, you thought you had me. You thought you were going to take my family out. See, some of y'all don't even know. You used to talk so much trash when you didn't know Jesus. And now with the greatest on your team, the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave, we're quiet. It's time for us to believe again. And this is real for me. This ain't no message. Like, like, like what you got to do is what they did. They said, even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you. Let, let me, I know... <laughs> I know you're foggy because you got the glasses on. Let me make it clear to you. We will never serve your gods. In essence, what they said, we will never bow. We will never worship the gold statue that you've set up. My next point is very simple. When you're planted under fire, you choose obedience over outcomes. These dudes had literally... Stop caring about what would happen to them and just said, I'm going to be obedient. And many of us want the outcome so bad and we'll do it if God promises, pinky promises with a cherry on top. Come on, let's be honest that we'll do we'll do our part if you promise to do your part. But the Bible doesn't say we walk by promises it says we walk by faith. And there's a place in you that you're going to have to stand and you're going to have to come to a place to say, you know what? I'm going to obey God when everybody's bowing, even if I don't get the outcome I want. Even if the relationship is not restored, I'm going to stand and obey God. Even if I never become a millionaire, I'm going to stand and obey God. Even if the marriage never is reconciled. My faith is fixed. I'm under fire, but I will stand. I'm under pressure, but I'm not going to die here. And, and see, a lot of you are like, okay, Pastor Mike, that's great. But you don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm living this right now. This is, not, this is not a cute message for you. Many of you guys know. Some of you have been praying, and we thank you for that. But, but our son, me and my wife's son, MJ... He's three years old and he has autism and he hasn't spoken a word yet. He's three years old. He does not talk. And every day the enemy tries to get me to bow. God's so good. You're helping millions of people all over the world and he can't do this for your son. You're praying and seeing people come together. See, I'm telling you that what I'm talking about is that is that is not something based on does this feel good or am I? No, 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 no. Every day when we go to therapy and we stand and we pray, my faith is God. I know you can heal my son. I've seen you deliver people from cancer. I've seen you do it. But my stance is even if you don't. I'm going to stand and I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to stand and I'm going to say, oh, I feel the presence of God. I'm going to stand and I'm going to declare what you say. I won't let my fear come out of my mouth, God, and I'll serve you.
my faith is not built on the outcome. I'm going to stand and be obedient. Nobody else comes to the church. Nobody else listens. And my son never says a word. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And all I'm encouraging you is don't don't give up hope. You better believe every day I'm believing for a miracle. I'm, 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 I can't wait to stand up here and declare what God has done in MJ's life. I cannot wait. But I will not be paralyzed in this moment. Because I don't have a guarantee. I'm going to stand when everybody else would bow. And I'm going to declare the goodness of our God, even if it costs me everything. And so many people in this room, we've been so quick to bow if we come under fire. But God's challenging you today to abandon your bow and commit and choose obedience over the outcome. Long story short, Nebuchadnezzar gets pissed. I'm sorry, some of y'all don't say that in church. I do. He gets mad. The Bible even says his face got distorted. He was so mad. And he got so frustrated that he turned the fire up seven times hotter. So more fire. More people talking about you. More, more no's. Y'all got what I'm saying? Turns it up. They, they bring the best Boy Scouts to tie them up. Because Boy Scouts know how to tie a knot, boy. I ain't never take Boy Scouts. My knots just be slipping. But the Boy Scout, boy, woo! They brought the best Boy Scouts to tie them knots. And they threw them in the furnace. And, and I want you to understand that, that, that when they threw them in the furnace, the, the thing you got to understand when you're under attack is that they weren't alone. That when you go through the fire... <laughs> You have to understand that you're not alone. Psalms, I think 139 says it like this, is that um, whether you make your bed in heaven or you make your bed in the grave or in hell, I'm there with you. Some of you need to understand that the fire you're under right now, you are not alone. God is with you. And when God is with you, everything changes. Nebuchadnezzar, he, he says, hold on. Hey, guys, didn't we throw three people in there? like, yes, sir, yes, sir. We, we definitely threw three people in there. There was three. And it was like, did we tie them up good? Yes, sir. I have my Boy Scout <laughs> dying notch right here. Yes, we did, sir. Yes, we did. Well, I see four. And the last one looks like a god. Oh, I'm trying to tell you that they can turn the fire up. But God is standing with you. They can come against you. But God is standing with you. It literally says that it was so hot that the people who threw them in died. <sighs> but how can I go through it? And then look, the king calls for him. Hey, I was just kidding. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out here. Isn't it funny how the same people who throw you into situations will be the same people who need you? Uh oh, they'll need you at some point. If you last. If you don't bow out. If you don't give in. And so my, my last thing, if you're under fire, 
you, you, you need to not you need to not run from the flames. You, you, you don't need to, to go away from the flames. You need to allow God to use those flames. You need to allow God to, to build you in that environment. Um, put it on the screen for me, Larry. Like, I, I want you to understand that if you don't fight the flames, God will build your faith in the flames. And I bet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they got thrown in, was like, this is it. It's been real, guys. We're about to die together. It's been a good run. And then they got in it. And God's plan wasn't to just save them out of it. It was to keep them through it. And literally when they came out, it would have been a, a, a lesser miracle if they would have got thrown in and God just magically took them out or, or, or stopped the fire. Like if he would have just extinguished the fire, it would have been a lesser miracle. Oh, the, the spirit fire extinguisher. Shh, come out, be saved. The fire was still going when they came out. Like, like, like they, they didn't, they didn't get the fire extinguished. They walked through the fire. They, they made it out of the divorce. They made it out. Oh, come on, somebody. They, they still had their right mind, even though they went through bankruptcy. Their kids, their kids went crazy, but then came the price. They walked. Everybody say through. And it was more of a miracle because the fire, the remembrance of it was still blazing. <laughs> but the Bible says they came out and everybody was like, because <laughs> he said they didn't even smell like what they had been through. I need somebody rejoice right now. Because God, if you don't bow, it's going to allow you to come through this fire and you're not going to smell like what you be. You're not going to smell like divorce. You're going to smell like purity. You're not going to smell. Hear what I'm saying to you. Many of you look and smell like what you've been through because you've bowed. But God's challenging you today. Stand up. Yeah, yeah, somebody got it. See, and this is the crazy thing about when you stand. Now it's cool to stand because everybody did it. But my sister stood when she felt the instruction come to her. And if I would have never said anything and told everybody else to sit down, everybody just sit down. Everybody sit down. Everybody sit down. For real, sit down. Sit down. Everybody for real, sit down. Stand up. Now, now I want you to see what happened. See, some of you are still sitting. Others of you are still standing. Now, don't stand now. I want to prove a point. That some of us have to have group and committee approval to do what God has asked us to do. Others of us see what God has asked one to do. And something on the inside of you says, that's me too. And even when everybody else is sitting, because y'all, I could have had you stand the entire service and some of you would have gotten tired and sat down. But God says, it may be awkward. What's your name, sweetheart? Courtney, everybody look at Courtney right now. Everybody watching online, everybody look at Courtney. She's like, oh my God. 
The problem is, Courtney, is that for your rest of your life, when you're standing, you're easier to see. And so people will always look at you when God calls you to do something that they have chosen not to. But when you stand, look around. There are people that are standing with you. And you don't have to have everybody to take a stand for God. If the entire, if the entire village would have done this, everybody stand now. Now everybody stand. If the entire village would have done this, they could have knocked down the golden statue. Instead, they bowed to it. All I'm asking you, stay planted. Don't uproot because you're under fire. Let God protect you. Speak in faith to your enemy, whatever it is. Allow the flames to build your faith. Let God bring you through that thing. Let him get glory because he's not going to stop the fire. He's just going to take you through it. And look at this. Verse 30, you can read it for yourself. The king declares after seeing this miracle. Y'all, they ain't no other God except the God that these people serve. Matter of fact, if y'all serve or talk bad about any other God and you talk or you talk bad about their God, you're going to get killed. And then he literally said, I'm going to promote these three to the highest level that they can be promoted. Not because they bowed. Because they lasted. I'm encouraged. Some of you, the tree that God is going to bring up out of you is not going to be because you were the best seed. It's going to be because you lasted the season change. That when everybody else was withering up and dying and leaving God, you stayed. You kept going to the belong group. You kept serving. And today I want you to see that you're planted and under fire. Can we give God some praise in this book?